I'm Sue Lin Wong, host of The Prince, a new podcast series from The Economist. It's about China's leader, Xi Jinping. He's the most powerful man in the world, but he remains a mystery. His story is hidden behind a brutal censorship and propaganda machine. After 10 years in charge, it looks like he'll break convention to stay on, perhaps for the rest of his life. I'll tell the real story of China's leader, the lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, he's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. Listen to The Prince from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live. Welcome in, everybody. we got to let it breathe just for a couple of seconds. You guys know the drill. Well, welcome in to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime and fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we got a little bit of, I will just call it optimistic news, nothing that's earth-shattering. Whoa, whoa. We learned on Thursday Optimism. that Kareem Jackson is 100%, I'm just going to say, symptom-free He has beaten the bug and is going to be good to go for training camp here in about two weeks' time, two and a half weeks. Yeah, him and Von Miller both are symptom-free. They're they're free and clear, able to practice and work out, and pretty much everything is normal. And it's just – it adds to that theory that if these young, healthy males, these these athletes are getting this this disease – they're emerging from it, Chad. A couple weeks, so they have some symptoms. They're coughing. They have some shortness of breath. But no ventilators, no hospitalization, nothing tragic. So I'm happy for him as a person. I'm happy for him as a, a person who covers him and his team. And I hope that it's the last we hear of that issue pertaining to the Broncos or in just football realm, you know, sp- specifically. Yep. Yep. Count your lucky stars. They are healthy and moving toward training camp. And things are moving in that direction. It's an exciting time. If if and when we actually get football back here at the end of the month, it's just going to feel like a re- some kind of a small return to normalcy. I say small, but I think it'll be very meaningful. I mean, just getting sports back for this country is going to be massive because it is the one escape. It's a healthy escape. I mean, I guess some yeah. fans can take it to the nth degree and make it unhealthy. But for most Americans, it's in in – I guess Europeans as well, probably, and Canadians. And for sports lovers, it is a healthy escape. And not having that combined with all the other 
drama that has taken place in 2020, man. It's been almost too much to bear for some people. And you can yeah. see how that comes out in the wash by virtue of what you read in the media every day, what's happening in the streets. And so we need it back. We need it back soon. Yeah, I, I've stopped listening to the media. I've stopped reading tweets about it, Chad. I can't let myself fall down those rabbit holes anymore because you'll just – you, you don't know what to believe. It changes by the day. There's a n new narrative depending on who you read, when you read it, what you read. I'm just forming the opinions and uh, the, my lifestyle for myself. I'm not taking my mm -hmm. cues from anyone, but as, as it pertains to football, I'm happy Kareem Jackson's better. I'm happy Von Miller recovered, and hopefully we can go forward on this path to having a regular season. Yeah. You know, you're just smart about what you do. There, you can get back to normal life. I mean, I say normal, and I'm going to do a little air quotes. You can get back to living life and still being cognizant and responsive and aware of the word that she'll go and mention. Today, I went and visited uh, an aunt of mine who is very much like a mother figure to me. She's in her 60s. She's got some comorbidity risks. And so what did I do when I showed up? I called ahead of time. And then I called her when I got on the, the front step. Hey, do you want to just meet me around back? I mean, we can just talk on the porch. What do you want to do? I'm here to visit you. Um, wore a mask. She's like, no, come in. But I wore a mask. We never touched. I was aware of everything that my hands touched while I was in that house. We were six feet apart. Both of us wore masks the whole time we talked just because we want to be careful about her. We, who knows what I'm bringing into her? She's at a high risk. I'm really not. I'm in a I'm in a demographic where I'm not really I mean, I'm more at risk of the of something bad happening to me because of the seasonal flu than I am because of the word that should go unmentioned. These are the ways that we can, you know, no nonsense, simple common sense type of things to roll with the punches, go back to, to living life. It might not completely return to normalcy until we get the V word, until we get the V. And who knows, man, I've heard some good things, some buzz. I've heard some positive harbingers that there's a chance we could get that before this calendar year is over, Zach. It's amazing what uh, logical common sense, it's amazing what being pragmatic can do in these times, Chad. If you just follow the basic rules, I guess you would call of this, yeah. and just be aware of what you're going into, who you're coming in contact with in different situations, you don't have to be either 100% fear or 100% you know, anti. You don't have to be throwing chairs and getting fights at Walmart because you want to put a mask on. There's a difference. You can just do it when you have to and go about your life in other situations. But the thing is, we've had nothing. I don't want to keep going on and on about this yeah. certain thing, but we've had nothing going on for three, four months now. And this and training camp is almost upon us. The season's almost upon us. And as we inch closer, it will get everyone, you, me, every person in this room right now, a sense of hope and optimism. And that light is flickering little by little by little more and more and more every single day that we're going to get to the end of the tunnel and football season will be here. I just personally cannot wait to talk about that and nothing but that. It's going to be great, man. It's going to be great. And tonight, of course, it's the our favorite podcast of the week. It is the Mile High Mailbag. Zach and I, we are your football priests. Each and every week, we're here to offer you the absolution and answers to your burning Broncos questions. So whatever's on your mind tonight, gang, get it in the chat stream. We will get to your questions, your super chats, which are already stacking up. We're going to get to those here in just a second. It's what we look forward to most each week when it comes to the podcast. But first, really quick, a couple of quick matters of business. Make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter, especially speaking out to our newer uh, listeners and newer followers on the different platforms and social channels that people are finding this podcast at Huddle Up Pod on Twitter. 
you follow us there. And then also at Mile High Huddle, the mother account, you're going to not miss a single thing as it relates to this podcast, but all MHH podcasts. And if you follow at Mile High Huddle, you'll get your Broncos, breaking Broncos news and analysis in real time. And gang, if you're in a position, head on over to huddleuppod.com and get your swag on. Get yourself one of these hats. Get yourself a T-shirt. Get yourself a hoodie, a mug, a face mask. Very appropriate for these times. It's another way that you can support what we're doing here at MHH. goes a long way. And if you're not in a position to do that, it's okay. Just these three things. Subscribe, especially if you're on YouTube. Subscribe. Like this video, whether you're listening with us live or after the fact. And share it out there if you really love what Zach and I are doing. Those three simple things can help organically grow the show, grow the channel, grow the brand MHH, and get it out there to other like-minded Broncos fans just like you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach, let us, before we dive into the questions, the chat stream, see what's on the mind of the MHH community, let's just really quick grab... I think he's trying to obfuscate here and hide who he really is. Let's see if we can deduce who this might actually be. You ready? I have a, I have a hunch. Very generous super chat. You know, we love you, bro. Appreciate you so much. He says, what's up, my guys? Enjoyed the show last night. Stu is the man. Thanks for everything that you do. No more bowls jokes. Even he can't stand his own stench. Oh, well. Hashtag Chad Gangsta, hashtag Zach Perna, hashtag Football Priest, hashtag Huddle Up Pod, hashtag State of Levity. He explained to me, by the way, Mark Langley did. Oh, cat's out of the bag. We just ex- exposed your pseudonym. Everyone knows who you really are now. Um, but Mark explained to me on the phone when we talked earlier this week what the Chad Gangsta thing means, why he says that, where the Zach Perna thing comes from. And uh, I would. I kind of understand it, but you'd have to hear it for yourself, Zach, to fully, to uh, fully appreciate it. But Mark, we appreciate you, bro. Give us the cliff notes, though. What was the uh, the, the basis of it? <laughs> Chad Gangsta had something to do with wearing a hat backwards, or maybe it was the flat bill hat I wore. <laughs> I can't remember exactly. And then 
you're the the Zach Perna thing. It's because it remind you remind him of you're you're the clean version. You're the family friendly mm-hmm. version of Brandon Perna. Where if it's on your mind, it just comes out. Whether it's you know makes people happy or if it pisses them off, it, if it's on your mind. You're just going to speak the truth. And he thinks that's very similar to Brandon Perna, where except one's R rated, one's family friendly type thing. Because mm-hmm. I'd love to hear one of your guys' podcasts with where it's not family friendly. So, uh, You'd be surprised, maybe. <laughs> but anyway, Mark, appreciate you, yeah, my brother. That's awesome work. Thank you so much. So we titled tonight's podcast. <clears throat> We're going to get to the to the questions and the other super chats that have that are stacking up here in just a second. But we titled tonight's podcast the way we did because the Denver Broncos earlier today, this is streaming, of course, Thursday, released their 2020 media guide. And for those of us that are in media. We love these media guides. It's They do a great job, does Broncos PR, putting these things together. So credit to Patrick Smythe, credit to Eric Schubert, credit to Seth uh, Medvin. They do a great job putting this together. And I was reading through it, and I got to the section about John Elway. <clears throat> In fact, I'm going to go ahead and read this to you. And it was talking about, you know, kind of his bona fides and his, his resume as the Broncos front office czar and what he did as a player very brief mention of what he did as the owner of that the arena uh, arena league team, the Colorado Crush. But then it gets to let me find this real quick here. Um, this section quote: <clears throat> The past two off seasons, so 2018 and 2019, have arguably been Elway's best drafts, as no team has acquired more selections to the NFL's All Rookie Team than Denver has. Who, are, who have made those teams in 2018? It was Philip Lindsay and Bradley Chubb. In 2019, it was Noah Fant and Dalton Reisner. So those four names making it over the last two years are more for any one team than any other team in the NFL. Doesn't even count guys like when you talk about the youth movement, Zach, and including the 2018 and 2019 draft classes. Doesn't count Drew Locke. Doesn't count Cortland Sutton, who made a Pro Bowl last year. And as I wrote this article centered around this distinction i guess you could call it a stat it just jumped out to me how the youth movement and the the mini rebuild that john elway executed over the last two drafts and we'll count this one so these last three drafts man if if these coaches are the right coaches that elway's hired if they're who we think they are if drew lock is who we think he is i think elway when he said on december 31st zach that we finally bounced off the bottom i think that's going to prove to be prophetic yeah, I'm not surprised at all when I read that the Broncos, you know, lead the league or, you know, or pacing in the all-rookie team. Elway, everyone knows, every Broncos fan should know by now how good Elway has done with his drafting since 2018. It's been the reason why they had a little turnaround last year, and it's the reason why they're going to have a big-time turnaround this season because that 2018 draft class, they're going into their third year now. That's when the young players typically blossom, the third year. The 2019 draft class, they're getting a lot of contributions from them. The 2020 draft class, such a high ceiling and also a high floor as well. Elway, that's the number one characteristic that he's is defining his GM tenure. Other than winning a title in 2015, it's how well he's drafted and the about face he did as a GM. Looking himself in the mirror after 2017 and one of the worst classes, Chad, you can ever put together and he's been spot on 18 19 and 20 he said home run home run home run and that's going to be the reason why the broncos don't just have success in 2020 but in 21 22 23 24 and so on this elway what he's done chad take 
lessons for people around him, be open to other inputs, not leaning on projects and high upside, high risk players. It's been the defining characteristic of the Broncos turnaround. And when they win 10 games this year, it's not going to be just because of Drew Locke. It's because of those young players in the rookie class all contributed to the cause. Yeah, I mean, and by the way, Ernie, really appreciate the kind words, my friend. It's good to have you in the stream with us. Um, when you when you talk about Elway, the draft czar, that 2017 class, I mean, think about the depths of how bad it was. First of all, Garrett Bowles. Now, I argue that technically the jury's still out on Bowles. I'm not getting my hopes up, but I think the jury, he's got one last year to convince that jury to uh, – you know, acquit him, if you will. But you get behind him, it's it's Demarcus Walker in the second round who, let's face it, even though you and I still kind of have high hopes for him and, and probably see a lot more in Demarcus Walker than some of our colleagues, he hasn't justified his draft pedigree. Let's just put it right. that way. Then you get into the third round, Brendan Langley, hmm. yikes, Carlos Henderson. Whoa, talk about a swing and a miss big time. Um, I could keep going. In fact, McKenzie. Even get the, I, what, who's that? Isaiah McKenzie. Thank you, Isaiah. Uh, let's see. Let me just let me just pull it up. So Isaiah McKenzie, Swag Kelly, Jake, Jake Butt. You know, I under, that was good value there in the fifth mm-hmm. round. So I don't blame them for taking Jake Butt because you know you're taking a chance and it's a minimum risk there. D'Angelo Henderson, who, mm. in all fairness to D'Angelo, uh, I think he kind of got a. I think he kind of Zach got a unfair rap. Because he could have been something, but when the Broncos drafted Royce Freeman and then and David Williams and then Philip Lindsay came out of nowhere to just destroy all comers, it just kind of iced him out. I thought Hop was a really good running back, and then he joined the Jets, and he had a little bit of uh, momentum with them, and uh, he got a raw deal in Denver. He, he He's not the first player, won't be the last, but some other players in that draft class, like Chad Kelly, who knows where they could have been. And Isaiah McKenzie, he went on to be, and he still is, a pretty good utility player in Buffalo. So the Broncos drafting wasn't great, but the coaching wasn't great either during those times. And when you have questionable coaching and questionable drafting, that's a recipe for disaster, as we saw. Absolutely. Okay. Let's see what's on your guys' mind here. And by the way, I see a lot of positive comments. We got a lot of positive feedback from having Zeus McPeak on the show last night. As we uh, told Stu after the fact, he did a great job, crushed it. It was fun talking to him. And we get a kick also out of seeing how much you guys enjoy having the superstars on the show. So Stu, you did a great job, my friend. It was great being able to talk to you. And we look forward to getting you on again here in the near future. He's a legend, Chad. He's an MHH legend. All right, get your questions in. I'm just streaming. We do not have Boana Beast with us tonight, so you might see a little bit of a uh, slight delay as I find, and we jump from comment to comment. So bear with me one second here. I just want to – there he is. I didn't want to miss this. There he is. is. Bruce, the man, the myth, the legend. Coming all the way down from MHH Mount Rushmore. Appreciate your generosity as always, my friend. You know that. He says, thanks for having me on last night. A big shout out to our awesome Broncos fans for all the kind words. You guys make it look easy. It is a lot harder than it looks. You know, speaking to that, by the way, thanks again, Stu. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Today's podcast is Huddle Up Podcast episode number 499. When you and I reconvene on Sunday night for to kick off a new fresh week of Huddle Up Podcasting, 
it'll 500. be our 500th episode as a podcast. And Zach, for you and I, it's easily going to be in the 200s of podcasts that you and I have done now today, uh, up to this point, which getting back to what Stu said about it being harder than it looks when you it's all about repetitions, right? Mm-hmm. I can't remember who coined this, this word. So forgive me. I should know this off the top of my head, but they say that in order to become excellent, an expert, a master of something, and not to say that we're necessarily masters. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to flex, but 10,000 repetitions, you got to do it 10,000 times. And that makes you an expert. So I guess we're still barely scratching the surface on being that expert when it comes to podcasting. Is that yeah, you know, the time has flown though, Chad. I can't believe we're at 500. I think it was 250 not too long ago. We were going over that. It just, you know, we doubled that in that time frame. I had really limited podcasting experience before we joined forces. And I can attest to what Stu is saying. Like anything else new, it, it takes time. It takes failure. It takes success. It takes practice and reps. Like with writing, like with podcasting, like with anything else in any walk of life, you get better the more you do it. But Stu, I thought you were great. I thought the, the community loved you. You were insightful. I was hanging on to your words. Uh, great guy, great Broncos fan, Chad. I can't wait to have him on again. Yeah, we're going to have to, I'm going to have to fly him in and have him set up my house with internet <laughs> and the whole command center that he yeah. had, man. That was impressive. Uh, Sebastian has a question on YouTube. He says, what's up, guys? I was wondering who will have more touchdowns? Uh, receiving touchdowns, Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton. Zach, you Sutton. take this. Sutton, uh, no question. He's going to be in the double digits, you know, 12, 13 touchdowns. Jerry Judy about, you know, six or seven. So no question in my mind. They both stay healthy. Cortland Sutton's in for a monster season. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. I agree. I think it's going to be... 
I think you're going to see Cortland Sutton's star continue to rise, but Judy's going to be right behind him. I think 2020, Cortland Sutton will emerge with the beefier stats, but you get to 2021, and I think it's going to be anybody's guess which one of those guys outproduces because Jerry Judy, I think in, in people's minds and fans' minds, they, they hold on too much to this whole he's a good route runner thing. Not to say that he's not because he is. That's probably one of his, if not the strongest suit, the strongest trait, one of. But people are underselling just how explosive of an athlete he is. He wasn't as fast in a straight line as Henry Ruggs. He's not as fast in a straight line as K.J. Hamler, Zach. But this is a very, very potent athlete and can do a lot of phenomenal things with the ball in his hand. He's going to be – I mean, they're going to complement each other. Yeah. Pick your poison if you're a defensive coordinator. Which guy are you going to shade help and, and bracket coverage in terms of your safeties? Pick your poison, and Drew Locke will just look the opposite direction. And sometimes he'll probably force one into it, depending on what the route is, the situation, and all that. But it's going to be really fun to see how it plays out on the football field. And, and what Jerry loses in speed, he makes up for his route running ability, Chad. He can literally shake loose from coverage, and by putting the moves on a defender, and they can buy him yards and separation of, you know, from an, uh, another defensive back. That is invaluable in this offense when you have a big-armed quarterback like Drew Locke. He's going to be a very good pro, but in the here and now in 2020, this is Cortland Sutton's offense all the way. <clears throat> James Campbell jumping in on YouTube to say, in Big Ten news, though, they've canceled their out-of-conference schedule, and a lot of high schools are scrapping their seasons. It could have huge ramifications for seniors and college recruiting. Is that going to mean more walk-ons? Absolutely it's going to. If in those states in which the powers that be are taking a more conservative approach in terms of their policy and recommendations with regard to moving into the education season so beginning school both at the elementary high school and all the way up into college the ones that are more conservative i'm just going to put it that way and fearful with regard to protocols and whatnot those schools those colleges it's going to have a some kind of a trickle down effect in terms of the chain of talent as it flows from high school to college to the nfl i think it'll end up being a little less meaningful and impactful than you might think but it I mean, everyone's focusing on college right now, Zach, because everyone can see in terms of the those who don't want anything to happen with regard to sports, everyone, those out there, we talk about them as the blue checkmark brigade and whatnot, however you want to categorize them that are actively campaigning for the world to be shut down until there's a vaccine, okay? They are, they've realized, look, pro sports, inexorable march forward. It's happening. Pro sports are coming back as imperfect as that process might end up being. They're coming back, and the almighty dollar is what dictates that. And NFL teams, NFL owners, NFL players, NBA, MLB, all of them, they want to make that cheddar. College, though, is motivated by, even though money, huge, vast amounts of money are involved, Zach, it's, it's motiv- you have to also include a, a lot of different factors, you know, in the same way that you have to consider elementary school politics and high school and stuff like that. And so they're pushing for all that pressure now is coming down on college schools. And I haven't seen too many out where, you know, West of the Rockies, or I should say West of the Mississippi, I haven't seen too many high schools already scrapping their seasons. Although I have seen some reports of it across the country, but colleges, that's where the focus is right now, Zach. That's the impetus in the big 10. They're not canceling their schedule. They're not canceling football, but they are canceling 
their out-of-conference schedules. So we'll see how that plays out. I won't pretend to be an expert on college football and the college mechanisms of, of this uh, the issue that should go unnamed, Chad. But all I know is some of these universities, the big-time ones, the Division One schools, have huge endowments. They have money to blow. It just comes down to optics, legality, and safety for their student body and for their student athletes. And because they don't pay their student athletes, you start to wonder what's the upside for them playing. In terms of how this has ramifications for the NFL, when the SEC cancels or the ACC cancels, then I'll be worried. Until then, we're going to have football in the fall. We're going to have college football. It's going to be weird. We're in for a really weird rest of the year in college, in the NFL, in every sports league until 2021. But like you said, it's all about money. And the SEC literally prints cash. And until that changes, they're going to do everything in their power, same as Goodell in the NFL, to have a season this year. It's going to be weird in terms of scouting, in terms of like walk-ons like James asked. Maybe the supplemental draft next year will have a bigger increase in talent, maybe something like that, but they're going to be football in the fall. These colleges are way too profitable to cancel something like that when it's still a couple months away as well. But is it about safety for, for college kids and players? I mean, because statistic, this is where I don't understand why the actual data is just being ignored. It's all driven, it seems, based on old information from March. It's all being driven by the fear porn taking place on television, on social media, and the headlines, when in reality, college-age kids, so let's say 24 years and younger, are statistically more likely to get struck by lightning than they are to die from the word that should go unmentioned. That's the data. So are they really risking their health? I mean, you risk your health in terms of, you know, if you go get catch a cold, man, you're risking your health. It sucks. You don't want to catch that cold, but you're going to be okay, right? Are you really risking are these players really risking it all? I mean, I guess on one hand, you say if there's even one, you know, tenth of a chance that you could catch something and, and things go badly, it's it's technically a risk. But in terms of is it more risky than what they do every fall with regard to rolling the dice with the seasonal flu? And that's what I'm getting at is you have to if 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 for these schools and these athletic directors and the deans and all that that are making these decisions. I just want to know where they're getting their what data they're going off of. That's that's what I want to know. And unfortunately, I think too much of it is coming from the sensationalized fear porn that predominates television, social media. It's just a way of life and it, it drives me nuts. You can't escape it. And the dominating opinion is shut everything down. You know, wait until the V word comes out. Don't leave your house. Wear masks in the car. Wear masks in the bathroom by yourself. Where in reality, a lot of student athletes in these colleges want to get back on the field. They want to get back in, I wouldn't say the classroom, get back on campus at least and be around their friends, be around what's familiar. I'm with you. I think they don't mind playing, but when it comes down to playing for no money, playing unpaid and you're a student athlete, it's why would I risk my health or why would I do anything more for this school when you're not already paying me to begin with? I think that's what it comes down to as well. From the university side, it's all optics. It's all front-facing pandering. Right, oh, we don't right. want to endanger our student body. We don't want to endanger our fans. It's 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 BS. It all comes down yep. to money and nothing but money. But it is, it's not as if they these players have nothing at stake. They might not be getting paid a salary but they're getting a free, a free, no, I shouldn't say free, but they're getting their education as a result of what they're doing. And then they're also, for those who have an eye toward the big leagues, if you don't have the college tape, dude, good luck making a case for the bit for the pros. And which gets back to what James is talking about. Like, how's it going to affect 
the supply chain, as if you will, with regard to college talent, high school flowing to college, college flowing to the NFL. We won't know, and we probably won't know for a couple of years yet. We'll see how it shakes out. Uh, Mundungus jumping in, becoming a bona fide superstar. Really appreciate you, my brother. Thank you. Also big-time reader, as we know, and that's definitely something I can relate to. He says, how do the Broncos look different today if we hire Kyle huh. Shanahan instead of Vance <laughs> Joseph? Twist the knife more. What's your answer? Uh, yeah. Revisionist history is always so hard because you never really know. I mean, in different circumstances, it took Kyle Shanahan a few years before he was even successful with the Niners. And he finally has a quarterback now. I, I'm not the biggest fan of Jimmy Garoppolo, but you can win with him if you have Kyle Shanahan's system. But he also has the luxury of working with John Lynch, who's a very coach-friendly general manager. He works alongside him, whereas John Elway works above his coaches. It, it there, there was too much ego and, and, and too much... Uh, name value in place, him being the son of Mike Shanahan and Mike Shanahan with Elway. There was too much, I think, static between Shanahan and the Broncos and the acrimony that was in the air over Mike Shanahan's exit. To answer the question, though, more specifically, they would have been a better team. You can win if you have Kyle Shanahan with Case Keenum. You cannot win with Case Keenum when your coach is Vance Joseph. They would have been consistently in contention, Chad. I don't know about Super Bowl or playoff division champion, but Kyle Shanahan is a really good coach, and not just because he's in San Francisco, not just because he's Mike Shanahan's son. He's the best schemer for my money in the entire NFL. The Broncos would have been successful, but how much of that would have been impeded by having John Elway right above him? This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this... But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. You know, you wonder if Kyle Shanahan takes over in 2017, how Paxton Lynch's story ultimately resolves in Denver. <clears throat> I mean, I, I still place, you know, if you look at a pie chart of who's to blame for the Paxton Lynch um, failure, and as a pie chart, I'm going to slice... 65% of that his way, but the team takes has to take its fair share of complicity as well. And not just because they got it wrong in terms of their pre-draft evaluation, but because of how he was managed. They never sold out in terms of just making uh, as our first round quarterback, here are the reins. We're closing ranks around you. We're giving you every opportunity. They pitted him in an open competition every year. He was a Bronco with Trevor Simeon. And so I wonder how that dynamic would have been different with Kyle Shanahan. I think Kyle Shanahan, if he was on board 
Well, by that point, it wouldn't matter. He was already on the roster. So Kyle Shanahan takes over. It's Trevor Simeon. It's, it's Paxton Lynch in 2017. I wonder if Trevor Simeon is uh, allowed to compete with Paxton Lynch for a job. And then if it is indeed Paxton that opens that season as the starter, what happens from there? But you guys, Kyle knew he was never going to get the job in Denver for right. reasons that Zach just addressed, but also because he already knew at that point that the San Francisco 49ers were willing to give him complete personnel control, just like his old man got from the Broncos in 1995. And he knew John Elway wasn't ever going to give him that. As as alluring as it would have been to carry on the tr- the Shanahan tradition with the Broncos, ultimately, if he wanted to have his ultimate control of his vision, he knew it had to be San Francisco. So that was almost a mutually dis- kind of decided thing. Elway wasn't willing to give up personnel control. And Shanahan, you know, that's what he wanted. And so he went to San Francisco. It is curious. It's, it's fun to think about how it could have been different. What I'll tell you is this. I do think things could have changed with regard to Paxton Lynch. And, Zach, I think a Kyle Shanahan coached 2017 Broncos could have made more hay than they ultimately did winning only five games with Vance Joseph. I think there was more talent available for Vance Joseph out of the gates in Denver than Kyle Shanahan had stepping in for San Francisco. But it's worth mentioning, I mean, he was sub-500 each of his first two years as a head coach, just like VJ was, but he had something that VJ did not, which is full control of the roster and a quarterback that he had acquired in Jimmy Garoppolo that only barely got to kind of scratch the surface that second year Shanahan was there. And he could say, look, I'm getting him back next year. It's going to be great and convince ownership it's going to, you know, year three is where we're going to bust out, and that's exactly how it happened. I thought you were going to say talent, that Kyle Shanahan has talent, and Vance Joseph never had talent, which is true, too. You know, you're spot on, though. I remember writing an article in 2017 when the Broncos and Niners had joint practices, and Shanahan was asked about his interview, and he said, I never had a feeling like I was going to get the job. It was almost like a courtesy interview because he was Kyle Shanahan, and all along, for what reason, it still remains unknown that John Elway focused all his efforts and fixated on Vance Joseph, who had one year as a defensive coordinator in Miami. And in that one year, they were among the worst defenses in the entire NFL. What still gets me the most, though, is they could have had Kyle Shanahan and Wade Phillips and not Vance Joseph and Joe Woods. That pairing, you put Kyle Shanahan with Wade Phillips, Chad, I'm going to say that's a playoff team. Even with Paxilence, even with Trevor Simeon, that's enough coaching talent and scheming ability to make up for the lapses on the roster. Well said. The Bulls stand on YouTube says, will there be reporters tweeting out updates in training camp this year? There will be, I want to say, six. So as opposed to a completely full uh, press corps at each and every training camp practice, there will only be six. There will be, just like there always are during um, training camp, restrictions on what they can tweet. They can't tweet or report anything that plays into Broncos, that might expose Broncos' strategy formations. They can't talk about uh, play, um, you know, how many times they run the ball compared to how many times they pass. Tendencies is what I'm getting out there. Those things are going to be the same, whether it was 2019 or 2020. It's just going to be fewer journalists at the table, which is bad news for MHH, but you're, we're still going to be able to get the insight and information. The other change that's going to occur is the post-practice press conferences where usually after practice, press corps just waits. PR makes available one or two players plus the coach, and everyone waits in the scrum. They come, they 
talk to them. They got the microphones out. Everyone's seen it a million times. If you watched one training camp presser video, you've, you've watched them all. That's not going to be the way it shakes out this year. This year, it's going to be practice. And then press corps is going to wait while either they shower or they don't, whatever they do, they go back into the building, go into set up their, you know, I would assume all their digital broadcasting zoom stuff will be set up and then media will go into their media room. They won't be in the same room. The pressers will be digital, even though physically Zach, they won't be separated by very much distance, but all the pressers, at least for training camp, we'll see if it ends up sticking that way through, through the season are going to be virtual. It's going to be a unique animal, but I still think we're going to get plenty of information that we, that we need to kind of analyze and, get a beat for which direction this team is headed. Yeah. And also for the regular season, I believe reporters are banned from going into the locker room. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be, you know, that's going to hurt them. And it's, it's tough getting quotes without being able to go in the locker room. That's where all these stories kind of blossom from. We're still going to get updates. And I think for the here and now for training camp, it's going to be on teams to disseminate information. And if you have a very secretive team, like the Patriots, if you're a fan of them, that sucks for you, but the Broncos do a really good job being open and transparent for the most part with their information. So it's going to be different this year. It's going to be less instantaneous updates, but the overall picture will still be painted out for practices. And uh, if we have preseason games, appreciate you, Terry jumping in on super chat up in Canada, hashtag state of being indeed my friend. And yes, hashtag (laughs) bald is beautiful. Appreciate that brother. Uh, Let's grab Andy on Facebook who has kind of a lengthy comment and question. He says, so I was chatting with the chiefs fan on my golf team. I was saying to him and explaining how I get to watch the mile high huddle most evenings. I told him I watch you guys bringing us up to date all things Broncos. I asked him, do you, being a Chiefs fan, have a podcast to go to? To inform you about the Chiefs, he had no answer. My question is, do you know of any other teams that may have this amazing place to come chat and voice our opinions and get so much info about our team? Thank you, guys. Chad, and I assume he's going to say, and Zach. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't pretend to know each and every team podcast and YouTube channel that exists out there, but I know just on the sports illustrated team network, there are a lot of similar podcasts. Um, There's the Buffalo fanatics podcast that uh, does these exact same kind of live streams on YouTube covering the Buffalo bills that locked on chiefs guys do their audio podcast. Uh, Seth Kaiser, who we've had on the, this podcast before, as you know, has his podcast chief in the North, but I think it's only audio. So in terms of these live interactions, I'm not sure anyone – well, maybe maybe Ryan from uh, Locked on Chiefs. I can't remember the name of his channel on YouTube, but I think he might do some live streams on his own. It's not officially Locked on Chiefs, but he does his own. It'd be like you and I only recording a podcast right. and then one of us just going on YouTube and talking every once in a while. That's what they do. So there's – you just – I mean, those fans just have to search it. Uh, but we try to be as comprehensive and available for our – fan base and for Broncos country as anybody out there and innovative as well, because how many people are doing this and it's not oh, to dude. flex and it's not to brag, but we're bringing this along at a time when most people are still doing audio only podcasts for a half hour, a few times a week. No one I think out there, especially in Broncos country is interacting with their audiences, having these hour long live chats and getting guests on the show. What we try to do is very cutting edge. I'm not going to pretend to know about Chiefs podcast. I'm not going to want to try to pimp other brands as well. But uh, Arrowhead Pride, which is the SB Nation uh, Chiefs site, they have a podcast as well. There's some good, you know, uh, platforms out there. I just can't pretend to know every single Chiefs podcast. But in terms of what we do, Chad, I think we're pretty unique in that sense. Well, and in, also in that sense, 
this is going to come off as a little bit of a flex, but it's the truth. A lot of our competition is trying to copy our model and trying to copy what we decided to start doing in September of 2019. Not only that, but I can't tell you how many colleagues from across the NFL, some of which I knew personally beforehand, some of which I didn't know from Adam, have contacted me to find out, hey, how are you doing what you do? How many times do you podcast a week? How do you stream? What's your, uh, you know, how do you structure your shows? How many different people, like it's happened a lot. So I think there are some, I mean, not to say it's not like we're household names in the NFL, we're household names to our, our audience in Broncos country, but this model, don't be surprised if what you see us doing here at MHH continues to kind of take, take catch fire, I should say in different markets in the NFL as time goes on, because it's just been phenomenal and people see the fan engagement. People see how passionate you guys get about the product. Basically, all we're doing is we're showing up here once a night on a live stream podcast format, and we're breaking down the hot topics of the day. And it's different. It's a different format than radio. You get that all day long on radio, and you can get that as a podcast to listen to that's pre-recorded and uploaded. What you don't get on either of those two is a constant engagement with the hosts and the ability to affect in real time the conversation, participating in this as we go. So it's something that I think you're going to start seeing a lot more of, Zach, across the NFL. Very well said, and I agree. And also, you know, what we have is unique because we have the audience and the fan base and the devoted listeners, which is a credit to every single one of you guys. If people want to try to copy us, Chad, they need that devoted audience, those hardcore listeners, especially the last three months or so, and there's been literally no news and no sports, and we've made hay and having more interaction, having guests on and launching a store. You only do that when you have an audience. So that's why Chad and I are so appreciative and so grateful for each and every listener that we have four times a week. James brings up a good point here and amen to what you just said there. But James says, I hated the Carlos Henderson pick and didn't like the Jake Butt pick, but I understood it. Even at the time I wanted Chris Godwin and George Kittle. (laughs) Would have worked out a little better. Absolutely. The one thing that you can pick a nit with regard to the Jake Butt pick, as I said, I don't blame them for taking him there. It was good value in the fifth round compared to, you know, what his value would have been if he was healthy. They took a chance. They took a risk, but it was relatively a low risk. The unforgivable aspect of it, though, is that they could have drafted George Kittle. Instead, they drafted Jake Butt. We all know what George Kittle turned out to be. Jake Butt is still marinating. We still don't know if Jake Butt's even going to have an NFL career. Chris Godwin, Carlos Henderson, I mean, enough said there. Chris Godwin really exploded the last couple of years. But I think it's fair to say, what round was he? Like a third-round pick, I want to say. He and Carlos Henderson were both third-rounders. Now it's going to bother me. Godwin wiki. Hold on one sec, gang. This is going to bother me here. He was a third round pick as well in 2017. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, if the Broncos could dial back 2017 and do it over again, I think you could see a couple of examples they might have done differently. You know, I wasn't crazy about the Henderson pick, but I understood it. They wanted juice on offense, and he was so explosive at L.A. Tech, Chad. He, he was a real game-breaking receiver, and the Broncos thought that would translate, and it just really never did. Every team has these regrets, though. Every team has these misses. But at least we're not the Bears, who picked Mitch Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes. That is the biggest one. That's the biggest regret you can possibly have. So let's all you know, count our blessings. We're not them. The queen of MHH jumping in with both feet, making herself known. Christy, really appreciate you. Thank you. As you know, my friend, she says, 
very generous super chat. And she says, keep it going, guys. Making hashtag Broncos country happy and well-informed. Stu killed it. Hashtag Buana next. Hashtag 500. <laughs> Woohoo. We have, for what it's worth, John knows, Buana Beast knows, he has an open invitation to come on camera with us anytime he wants to participate in the conversation. Not everyone wants to do that. Not everyone wants to be on the spot. So who knows? I mean, he published his first article yesterday. It did very well. A lot of positive feedback, a lot of compliments. He's very smart, very sharp analytical mind when it comes to any issue, but football is in particular. So maybe we'll eventually convince him to come on screen with this. He's in the chat every single podcast. Tonight's the exception. He had something cooking tonight, but something going on. But uh, one of these days, Zach, I'm pretty confident we'll get we'll get John in the in the stream. I've talked to him about it, and he's apprehensive for you know personal and professional reasons. But I'm going to convince him to get on here, Chad. I think the the community would love to see him, and uh, he's starting to write more and getting more involved in that you know landscape. And I think it'll be good for him. And he he told me that he wants to do it, and he's he's like kind of working himself up to it, just like Stu alluded to. It's not easy. It's it's very stressful when you don't you do it on a regular basis. And uh, I think the more though he sees us do it, and the more he's working with us, we'll convince him to finally pull the trigger eventually. Yeah, it'll it'll happen. He's uh, you know, he's still getting used to probably being in the room with us every night and juggling his duties, and we'll we'll see how it shakes out. Uh, Evan on YouTube says, without preseason and no fans, defensive teams will be disadvantaged, and offensive continuity, i.e., teams like Kansas City, will thrive. This year is completely up to lock, being truly special. Otherwise, it's just another growing year. I think that's fair in terms of concerns about you know, already established offensive powerhouses. They're at a little bit of an advantage going into 2020 because of the lack of offseason, because of how we don't know quite yet how preseason is going to be affected. But, I mean, we've talked about this many times, Zach. The ultimate destiny of 2020 comes down to Drew Locke. But here's what's beautiful about what John Elway has accomplished in this little mini rebuild, small R, is that he has – he this this roster now, it's young, but there's depth and it's balanced. So Locke doesn't have to do it all on his own. I mean, you've got two Pro Bowl running backs to help take the pressure off you as a quarterback. You've got every weapon under the sun, basically, offensively, and a bolstered offensive line, especially interior. But even if the offense is having a bad day, Zach, you have a defense that is expected to take a leap forward in its second year under Vic Fangio to help kind of complement. Not every game is is all three phases going to be firing on all cylinders. Sometimes the other one has to rise up and carry a little bit more of the water than the other one. And then, you know, you take turns sometimes. And that's one thing that comforts me a lot in terms of, and I think should be comforting to fans going into 2020 is the way this roster is now these, these last three drafts and free agency periods. Elway has balances to the point where <clears throat> on one hand, you can say, Zach, it's up to, you know, how Drew Locke goes. So goes the Broncos in 2020. But the comforting aspect is, on the other hand, he's not going to have to do it alone. All right. You know, I, I agree and disagree with this comment. I disagree because every offseason at this stage, the defense is always ahead of offense. It's always easier to install defense and get them up to speed before the offense. And it's going to help or hurt, I think, not necessarily defense versus offense, but inexperienced coaches versus experienced coaches. I'm just happy that Broncos did not hire Fangio this year. I'm happy with this unique offseason Fangio had one year under his belt to get everything in place, starting to get his culture the way he wants it, getting the players that he wants in the building. 
Um, and I think that's going to give the Broncos the biggest advantage over some of the other teams, like the higher new coaches they have, a lot of new defensive personnel. I agree, though, with the comment that the Broncos are going to go as far as Locke takes them. I think that's fairly obvious. It is Locke's team. The team goes as the quarterback goes. We've seen that for many years now. And if he takes the step like the Broncos think he's going to take and that we think he's going to take, they will be a playoff team. I can't guarantee division champion or Super Bowl or whatever, but a 9-10 win team right back in contention and be relevant for many years to come if they have that quarterback, which we think they do. Yeah, I mean, I could see them being one of those worst-to-first type Cinderella stories like you saw from Tennessee and Buffalo. Yep. It might not be enough, though, to knock, you know, in a literal sense, being first, knocking Kansas City off its perch as AFC, champ, AFC West champs. But I could see the Broncos being one of those dark horses that comes out of nowhere to go from not even being a factor the year prior to beating teams in the regular season they have no business beating and being that team no one wants to face in the postseason. Yeah. Uh, Robert, on YouTube, did Judy, did Jerry Judy have trouble with press man coverage? You know, the thing about Judy is one of the knocks on Judy isn't that he struggled with press man coverage. It's that there wasn't a lot of sample size in college to go off of to determine does he struggle with press man coverage. He rarely faced press man coverage at Alabama. So that's one of those questions, Zach, that we're not going to know really the answer to until – he gets to the NFL and we see him on the grass and we'll know pretty quick, but I think he's big enough and strong enough and he's a good enough route runner. I can't imagine it's going to be much of an obstacle for him to overcome. Well, he had Henry Ruggs opposite him. Henry Ruggs was drawing the press coverage because that was one of his big knocks is it can't be right. press and man and stuff like that. So yeah, they, they schemed him really well in Alabama, but he's just a natural talent. If you watch his workout videos and the route running videos, I mean, he's just mystifying the way he cuts on a dime, the way he moves. So I don't think I have a problem with that. He'll bulk up a little more. Zach Azani, he has a great tutor in the NFL for year one. I think he's going to be fine. And he's the type of receiver that will get better and better and better as time goes on. He has such a high floor, but also very, very high upside. Great pick. Derek Green jumping in, one of our superstars. Appreciate you, my thank friend. Thank you, Derek. I hope the missus is doing okay as well. He says, forgot to say thank you for the email. You don't know how much we appreciate the fact that you guys push through with content every day. Blessings. Well, appreciate that, my friend. And anytime our listeners want to reach out and talk privately on email, reach out to us, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. We look forward to and welcome any kind of communication with you guys. And Derek, it's always our pleasure to uh, reply to you and your wife, Adina. It's no problem for us. We enjoy it. Mark. Marka Ragnos jumping back in on Super Chat. Damn, Chad, how did you know it was me? Hashtag Chad Gangsta equals the flat bit, the flat bill hat and a zipped up hoodie. Those gangsta glasses on like what, like like 50s mafioso? Is that what you mean? Capone. Yeah. And you know who Marka Ragnos is? Hashtag Sith. Hashtag Orange Crush MHH. And of course, hashtag just to make sure we telegraph who we all know we're talking about here. Hashtag used toilet bowls. Appreciate you, Mark. Yeah, you're the best, Mark. Thank you. Um, all right. Let's see here. From James, <clears throat> did you see how Judy was saying it was a struggle to walk upstairs in Denver? Sheesh, quote, sheesh, it's so hard to breathe up here. I damn near passed out going up these stairs. Uh, it's, it's a little bit hyperbolic. It surprises players who have never played at mile high before or or – worked out, you know, exerted themselves at altitude, it really does come as a shock and a surprise to people how it affects them. 
But the good news, James, is that it doesn't take them long to acclimate. And as far as NFL goes, I mean, you've got the oxygen on the sideline at all times. You see Vaughn, as soon as he comes off the field, he's putting oxygen in his body, getting those, those oxygen molecules circulating through his bloodstream so that when he gets back out on the grass on the next series, he's ready to go. You know, it's better than what he he envisioned, though, coming to Denver, seeing bears and tigers and lions roaming the streets. It was pretty funny when he said that. I don't know if that was Hamler or Jerry Judy, but they had, there was some preconceived notion about Denver that was just way <laughs> off. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I'm happy that he's going through this now on July 9th and not going through this on September 9th. And it's part of the reason why I want Melvin Gordon in town so he can acclimate himself also before the season rolls around. But I'll leave it at that. Terry jumping back in. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you. He says, does Sutton have a 200-yard game in him this season? Ooh, that's a good question. You know, we don't have a crystal ball. We might be your football priest, but we aren't exactly your football wizards. However, if I had to guess, if I had to take a make a bold prediction, 200 for a receiver is pretty hard to get to. It's hard. I think it's probably more 200-yard receiving games than there are 200-yard rushing games in NFL history, but – does he have a game in him this season where he can get over 200? Yeah, but just don't expect it. I'm not right. I'm not predicting that, Zach. I'm not either. That, that would take an incredible effort, and I, I just don't foresee that unless the stars just absolutely align in just uncharted ways. All right, let's see what else we've got here, gang. Bear with us. Let's grab Jeff. Been a few days. It's good to see you in the stream, my friend. Really appreciate your super Thank chat you. and support. One of our superstars, longtime listener of the show. He says, I grew up in Florida. I hated Miami. Since I was 13, Elway was and still is the GOAT to me. His arm was insane. Just acknowledging number seven, hashtag state of being, Denver Broncos for life, hashtag lock era. Yeah, I mean, John Elway, excuse me. It's funny you say that, Jeff, because growing up, um, you know, Broncos were my team. My best friend, his team was the Dolphins. And as children of the 80s, you guys know what that meant, Elway versus Marino. And, uh, you know, it, it seemed like we were both destined to be disappointed in our fandom until Elway got over the top in 97 in his 15th season. Marino never could quite get over the top, but that doesn't necessarily take away from his body of work as a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, he changed the game. He blazed the trail that Peyton Manning picked up later on and took quarterbacking as far as the passing game to a whole other level. Now, John Elway – Zach, if he would have been born into this era of of National Football League, you'd be seeing him putting up numbers like Patrick Mahomes if he was, you know, put on a team like Andy Reid in Randy uh, Andy Reid's type of offense, or even a current version of Mike Shanahan's offense in today's NFL, where it's pass first. I mean, back then, dude, and even in the '90s, it was percentage wise first and second down. I mean, from a percentage wise, you could set your clock to it. It was in a given series, let's say a ten play drive. It'd be probably 75% of those first and second downs. It would be run, run, and then third down you pass. Defensive coordinators could set their watch to it, and then occasionally they'd throw in a play action on second down, see if they could catch a guy, a, a defense sleeping. That could, that's been completely flipped on its ear, Zach. It's yeah. pass first now, and it's the rare teams in the NFL that try to lead with the run like Tennessee when you got a back like Derrick Henry that can just bruise the snot out of an opponent. 
Yeah, Jeff, I believe you're the one who grew up in Carl Springs, and I did as well. We were about 45 minutes from Miami, and not only is that a terrible sports town, a terrible football town, but they are so crazy about Dan Marino there. Jerseys and restaurants and uh, innuendos and these little marketing campaigns. Uh, for my money, though, comparison, you know, Marino to Elway, Elway was a better quarterback. Marino was good, don't get me wrong, but Elway was just almost a trendsetter for some of the reasons that Chad laid out. You put him in today's NFL, which is a pass-first sport, unlike back then when it was mostly run-dominated, he would be, like Chad just mentioned, a Mahomes quarterback, just putting up unreal stats, mind-numbing stats, and I don't know if Marino would have had that ability to do that if all things were being equal. But I I mean, I honestly believe John Elway's arm, as far as arm strength, I don't think there's ever been a player in NFL history with a stronger arm than John Elway. You can make some arguments that there are some players who could rival him, but Jay Cutler tried to flex and pretend like he had a stronger arm than John Elway. Nobody, uh, even Patrick Mahomes, doesn't have a stronger arm than John Elway. You could maybe argue Mahomes in his prime is a more accurate thrower than Elway was at this, you know, let's say two, three years into his career. But arm strength-wise, no one had Elway beat. Uh, Clay on Facebook jumps in to say, it's not just the profitability of the sport that's going to keep it uh, out. Sports is a treasured American tradition It'll go on because we, the American people, need some normalcy back in our lives. Hey, I don't know if it's going to go on because American people need normalcy, but I don't disagree with you that American people do need some normalcy. It's going to go on because the NFL wants to make its money. It's sold a bunch of you know network rights, and even if fan attendance is down, owners want their money, players want their money. That's what's going to govern those decisions moving forward. And let me t- let me ask you something though. When they want normalcy and they get normalcy, what? How are they going to react by buying jerseys, by buying season passes, by buying tickets, by buying merchandise, by giving the money back to those teams, giving the money back to the NFL? They are so profitable because they are America's pastime, and they are America's pastime because they are so profitable. That's one situation where it goes hand in hand. It is mutually exclusive. Money and the NFL. They are printing cash. It's an ATM machine, and that's why they are light years past baseball, hockey basketball it's football and everybody else jeff jumping back in appreciate you bro he says if kyle was in now it would work elway learn so i think he's saying you know if it was kyle shanahan coaching drew lock and company it would work but yeah i mean but that that offensive acumen that he has is is amongst the best if not the best in the nfl right now but Hey, man, Pat Shermer, he's got some bona fides, too. It's going to be fun to see what he can he can do with Drew Locke. But Elway only learned because he had bad coaching. He had to go through the bad to get to the good. He had to wade through the crap to get to the gold, and that's where they are now. He, he was humbled by his choice in coaching, his choice in draft picks, his choice in personnel, and that's what made him a better general manager. So in a sense, if we want to celebrate the Broncos' success, we have to thank Elway in a roundabout way for going through the Vance Josephs and the Case Keenums and the Flaccos of the world to get to the Locks and the Fangios. You got to wander the desert if you're going to make it to the promised land. You got to get through that desert. And, you know, that's why when we say things like the Broncos wandered the quarterback desert for so many years, and now finally, you know, they made it out on the other side, they found their guy. It really does have some meaning and in a very, uh, literally a proverbial sense. All right, let's see here. Man, Robert, you are very focused on press coverage. I I love you, my friend, but I can't answer, we can't answer five different questions about press coverage. But you know we love you, dog. Um, CJ, it's good to have you on Twitter. He says, I sure hope 
we're able to have a football season this year. You, we'll get football. It's just a matter of will fans be able to be in the stands? That's that's right. the question. Uh, Kathy, very kind of you, very sweet. We appreciate you saying that. Um, Kenneth, appreciate you as always, my friend. I don't think we've gotten to any of your questions or comments yet tonight, Kenneth. So if you got something, we always like your questions. So get them in here, buddy. We're at about the 56 second or excuse me, 56 minute mark. So we're running out of time, but let's see what else we have. I want to make sure we haven't missed any of our super chat superstars tonight. Bear with me one second here. I think we're up to date, but you know how I feel about skipping any super stars here. I don't think we have. Um, Jody says, Hey, I caught a 49ers podcast with two wild dudes. Is that oh, a compliment? Man, felt, or did, did I just fall for a joke? I don't know. I think I might have. Um, whoa. Goodness gracious. Chris, we're grabbing you next, buddy. Wow. Robert, since you were so persistent in your questions, and I know James did a lot of heavy lifting on that. James, we love you, bro, on the uh, press coverage thing there. Who in the AFC West besides the Broncos had the best draft? Honestly, I think you gotta you gotta give it to the Raiders. Yep. <clears throat> that would be my that'd be my answer. But all three of them made some all three division rivals made some good picks. We could go through it if we had a little bit more time, but I'm in a in a quick answer, I'm saying the Raiders. The Raiders just had a good offseason to begin with. I mean, free agency and the draft. The Chiefs made a really good pick in Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I mean, putting him in that offense is uh, amazing. But I don't think it's it's a question, Chad. Far and away the Broncos had the best draft in the West. And I, for my money in the NFL, them, them and the Cowboys just completely owned it from top to bottom. All right, let me grab Terry. We'll grab Chris. And then, gang, we got to get out of here for tonight. Uh, Terry, appreciate you, my friend. He says, for Frankie, marking our territory. <laughs> Dog emoji. <laughs> Odell Beckham. Appreciate that, brother. All right. And then, Chris, you know, this just – blows our mind and is extremely humbling amazing and um you know you've heard us talk about this before you've been, this isn't the first time you've been this generous on super chat you've seen us react to other members in the community who've been as generous but it really does just blow us away dude like yeah. it i come out of this my office here after the podcast like this where such gener generosity is shown and my wife could vouch for it that you know sometimes i just i'm lost in thought like i i'm very much like distracted sometimes for a half an hour, 45 minutes after we stop broadcasting, because I just can't believe how lucky we are as a podcast, as a channel to have such support from our, from our listeners and just the level of that support. It really is just humbling to the point for us sometimes where I'm just, we're dumbfounded and at a loss for words. So Chris, we love you, my friend, Zach, if yeah. you want to say something, then I'll get to his question. Uh, I just, Chad, we talk about it off air and it's never the donation amount. It's just the continued dedication. It's just the hardcore listeners that we have tuning in with us each and every day, interacting, supporting us and on every platform, every medium. Chris, you're right up there, man. You're, you're in your uh, carved in the Mount Rushmore, right in the mountains alongside of many of our other superstars. And it's crazy, Chad. We went from having a couple on Mount Rushmore to having just rows and rows and rows of it now. I mean, there's so many that we can name and Chris, you're right there. It's just there's no words it's, it's all gratitude it's humbling it, it's appreciation thank you so so much and chris you're up there on the list of the short list of the superstars if you want to 
ever come on the show, reach out to me, DM me on Twitter, email me, uh, milehighhuddle at Gmail. Let us know, and we'll put you on the list in terms of you know the order. We've got Terry has reached out, would like to be on the show. Um, I want to say, hmm, who else? Christian. Christian wants to. That's true. Um, I think it would be cool to get Eclipse Stormborn on. Um, I think it would be cool to. Christy uh, also get her back on. Get Christy back on. Absolutely. Give give her a redo. David Kilgore has expressed an interest on coming on. So anyway, who are the, the bona fide superstars? If it's an interest to you to come on, just reach out to us and we'll put you in the queue, so to speak. You know, we'll get you on the schedule and, and figure it out. But Chris, he says, okay, I can't stay, but I have to make up for my prediction typo last time. And I can't even blame it on an alcoholic <laughs> beverage. <laughs> Nine and seven floor. Hashtag wasn't drinking, just tired. Hashtag past math once. Hashtag just not recently. Hashtag click those little thumbs up. You know, for what it's worth, Chris, I'm with you on that, dude. Math. I can do basic math in terms of what you need to get by as an adult in the United States. But when it gets, you know, even helping my kids right now on their math in just middle school level math, dude, it's hard. My wife and I, we're, we're not, you know, we're smart people, but the math nowadays, dude, it's like a whole other level. And especially the way they teach it nowadays compared to when I was a kid in the 90s, 80s and 90s, very different. But math, not my strong suit. Zach, I don't know about you. Same. I have a calculator and I could do two plus two, but other than that, I don't math at all and at all. All right, guys. Oh, one more here. We got Ron Dub speaking of superstars and Ron. Appreciate you. Uh, you're another guy. If you ever want to come on the show, one of the superstars, reach out and let us know. We're happy to have you on for a segment and get and find out how you became a Broncos fan. Find out who your favorite players are, what how you view the coming season, your outlook on the Broncos this year. It'd be fun. Uh, but he says, hey, guys, who do you think is more likely to win Defensive Player of the Year, Vaughn Miller or Chubb? That's a really interesting question, Zach. What do you got? Defensive Player of the Year. You know what? If Chubb wasn't coming off an injury, an ACL, I, I would say he has a shot considering his his rookie year. But Vaughn, he's so motivated, Chad to show that he's still Von Miller, to have a double-digit sack campaign, to get back to being the true all-pro that he is. And I think he knows his prime is kind of weaning down now. I think he knows his future with the Broncos is a little more tenuous than it was a couple years ago. He's four years removed from being the MVP of the Super Bowl. I think he's going to come out gangbusters this season. I'm not going to predict Defensive Player of the Year, but he'll be right up there with... 15 to 17 to maybe even, you know, 18, 19 sacks. He's going to have a big season, all things being equal, having Chubb back, having a better secondary, having Vic Fangio, having a year two with him, and also the better offense, which is going to help the defense out. So between the two, I'm giving it to Vaughn. I still have to give it to Vaughn just because as good as Chubb was as a rookie and he produced 12 sacks, he was very streaky. You know, they came – sacks often do come in bunches, but in Chubb's case it was – it was like it it was the rule. I mean, it was bunches. However, going to the first four weeks without getting a sack basically last year in his second year, and a lot of that is attributed attributable to the the learning curve of the Fangio defense and all that. But coming off that knee, I'm with Zach. If I'm answering this honestly, it's gotta be Vaughn. And you know what? It's the one honor, the one accolade Von Miller has yet to bring home and put in the war chest is defensive player of the year. He was the defensive rookie of the year. How many Pro Bowls? How many All-Pros? He's headed to the Hall of Fame. 
uh, Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl champion, but he's never been Zach, the defensive player of the year. Should have that been. would just punctuate perfectly and make complete his Hall of Fame resume. So here's to hoping that happens this year. Didn't he lose by one vote to Khalil Mack a few years ago, Von Miller? I don't remember the vote. I think Mark, it was one but... vote or something like. I remember writing about it. It was so narrow, and I, I feel like he should have won that year. But he'll get it. Yeah. He'll get it. And Shane, by the way, it's good to see you on Facebook, my friend. I know you are subscribed and on every platform and you are a huge supporter of the podcast and you have been for a long time. So this is a shout out to all of our listeners. We don't want you guys thinking that the only thing we care about is the superstars. We just, as a, as a channel, as a podcast, our superstars are so outgoing in their support, um, literally putting their money where their, their mouth is, if you will. We have scrambled over the last seven, eight months to figure out ways and things we can do to show our appreciation to them for how outgoing they are in their support. It's the least we can try and do as a thank you. So don't think it doesn't mean we don't love you. We do. We love each and every one of you, whether you're with us live, whether you're listening after the fact as a podcast, you know, we, we love all of you. And here's Bobby just to jump in uh, at the That's 11th amazing. hour showing some love. I mean, it just means the world to us. That very generous super chat. She says, great pod as always. Sorry for showing up late. Thank you, guys. Go Broncos. Zach, better late than never. That's our motto. Right, and this is what I was talking about. I mean, this podcast is fueled because of your guys' support, and I don't even mean monetarily, just you guys showing up and interacting, asking us questions, critiquing, debating, engaging with us. That's what we live for. That's what fuels us and motivates us, and uh, that's why we're doing what we're doing, and we try to give back, like Chad said, as much as possible, and we have more ideas in the works. And more to come when the season rolls around, training camp. We're going to continue feeding Broncos country because they've been so good to us, Chad. Yep. And especially just think about it now. It seems like it's been forever since the season was here. But – and everything we've been through as, as you know, if you live anywhere in the world really, but especially in the Western uh, Hemisphere, it's been such a tough 2020. Yeah. By the time this football season comes around, we're going to be all of us so much more pro- appreciative of what we're seeing. And we're going to actually have news and issues that are happening on the field to break down every day. These podcasts right now, I wouldn't say we're, you know, stretching to try and come up with content, but it's a little bit more of a thought process to come up with things to talk about on these daily podcasts when there's not actual news breaking every day. Just imagine how fun these pods are going to be once we do have that. It's just going to be a freaking blast. And by the way, Jess, glad to hear that. Awesome. He, That's uh, awesome news. he says catheter pulled out of my fiance's chest guys making progress each day. Love the support from you guys and the MHH fans. God bless everyone. That's great to hear, my friend. Uh, two, three 11th hour super chats. We got to grab them. Glenn, love you, buddy. Appreciate you. He Thank says, you, Glenn. Another great show. Thanks, guys. Hashtag state of being. Amen, dude. Appreciate you, my friend. And there's James. You know you don't have to do that, brother. Sir James. Um, Sir James from across the pond. He says, the biggest test of drafting is re-signing own talent. Elway hasn't really done well, but 2013 through 15 and then 2017 were all busted classes causing the rebuild that we've seen in, in you know, execute these last three uh, years. Well said, James. I don't really disagree with anything you said there, my, my friend. Um, we got J-Bone in the hizzy. Goodness gracious, Jeez. J-Bone. 
love the symbol uh, the symbolism of the uh, number you wow. picked there and it means a lot to us dude extremely generous <laughs> that's amazing uh it's good to have you you know we love you he says let me take a whack at it hashtag love you all means everything to us justin seriously thank you my friend very humbling you guys are gonna you're gonna get us all choked up here i mean all of a sudden at the very end of the pod everyone's showing out here not to say that it's incredible just just to see this we got kp perhaps a tailgate tent in 2021 for the mhh fam (laughs) something we'll cook something up dude i promise you that we will have something it have we heard yet where the draft's going to be in 2021 uh was it green bay or uh, Cleveland? Ah, shoot, man. I one th- well, I forgot which one. I think they're going to have 2022 in Vegas to make up for this year. Is so it worst case scenario? Clean? Worst case scenario, if that ends up being true, 2022, we're going to we're going to recapitulate our original plan for 2020 and meet up in Vegas. It's going to be fun. That's a long ways down the road. So in the meantime, KP, we'll we'll have something cooking for a meet and greet with the with the community. Um, James jumping back in. Appreciate you, bro. To say, but Elway has always tweaked his approach and it gives me a lot of hope for the future that it will change. Hashtag state of being, hashtag Broncos world, hashtag buzzer beater indeed. And nothing speaks to that. James talking about changing his approach and evolving and, you know, really exemplifying the adapt or die ethos. I mean, John Elway went from, from being the architect of the most prolific offense in NFL history in 2013 to two short years later, fielding arguably the best defense of its era, the number one defense in the league, but also arguably the best defense of its era. So that speaks to that in a big way. Uh, George, bona fide superstar. Another guy, George, if you want to come on the show, just reach out to me. We'll figure out a time. Appreciate your generosity, bro. He says, have a great weekend, guys. See you Sunday for 500. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a guess. Zach, we'll have to think up something special for 500. I was going to say, yeah, we're going to make it a, a good Sunday one. night. It really didn't dawn on me till today that, gosh, we're one away from 500. So we'll yeah. cook something up. But guys, thank you so much. We love you guys. Thank you. If you are one of our Super Chat superstars, another reminder, you are interested in coming on for a Superstar segment, email, or if we are connected on social media, DM one of us, and we will make the arrangements. Okay? In the meantime, Make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter. That's how you ensure you miss nothing as it relates to the podcast and programming. Also at Mile High Huddle. And gang, make sure you follow my partner here, Zach Kelberman on Twitter, at Kelberman NFL. You can find me at Chad and Jensen. Stay tuned because Zach and I, we're done for this week. But tomorrow night, you'll have a fresh episode of Dove Valley Deep Divers. We'll see what they've got cooking, followed by a building the Broncos. So these last two weeks, Mile High Insiders and Building the Broncos have swapped days. And I think this Saturday podcast, if I'm not mistaken, is the last of those switches where you get Carl and Nick on Saturday instead of uh, Nick and Luke. So stay tuned for that. And then Zach and I will be back in the saddle Sunday night for 500. Zach, have a great weekend, bro. You too, Chad. We're going to have to talk about the uh, Sunday's episode. We want to do something nice for Broncos country. It's a big event for us and a big event for the pod as well. Let's all have a nice celebration. In, in these times right now, the, the, the first milestone before training camp kicks off. Amen. All right, gang, have a great weekend yourselves. We love each and every one of you. Mile high salute to our Super Chat superstars. Much love for Zach Kelberman. I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you Sunday. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 